You're listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. Why don't you go ahead and open your Bibles with me again this morning over to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, I'm going to review just a, just a tiny bit for those who weren't here and those who were but were asleep. And uh, so, but we are going to start over at Hebrews chapter 11 again this week. So our overall topic is uh, just simply called, this, this uh, series is called Undeterred, and we're talking about living in a faith. I guess I should hit the play button here. Huh? Um, living in a faith, not allowing our faith to be deterred, to be turned aside. We've done a lot of and, and by the way, since we do have some new folks, you can, if you want to catch up on these series, we have podcasts that you can find at rmcmchurch.org. We have YouTube uh, videos. We have free CDs out there if you still like CDs. Uh, there are lots of ways for you to catch up on these teachings. And um, so we've been talking about this idea. And I, I want, what I wanted to say about that this morning, you know, we've, we've defined what it means to be deterred and all of that. We don't want to be turned aside, uh, intimidated out of our faith, things like that. When I say that, I'm not talking about when I say uh, being deterred from your faith or losing your faith or something like that. I'm not talking about losing your belief in Jesus Christ entirely. It's really not what we're addressing uh, here. What I'm talking about is getting to a place where you lose your edge in trusting him for really for the impossible or for your next stage of growth or or to see something happen in your life or somebody else's life, something that is according or found in the promises of God throughout the scripture, right? We need to, we, we trust him for who he is and what he has said. It's his word and his nature. That's, that's where real faith exists. And we don't want to come to a place where, where we just through a number of things, we've discussed many of them, any number of things can turn us aside to where we no longer have an edge and we're not pressing forward in him. We're not pressing forward just to know him better. I mean, that's huge. And to see the transformation that that brings in our own hearts and, and what he does. And then beyond that, to be praying for other people in our community and, and our nation and all of these things and believing God for something that we can't see right now. That's who we are. That's who we're supposed to be in this earth. We're not just hanging out here until Jesus comes again or until we go to heaven. That's not the point. Jesus left his church in the earth to be essentially an occupation army uh, to, to release what he did at the cross and enforce against the devil what he did at the cross so that people's lives can be blessed. We have a role. We have, this is not a, this is not a spectator sport, this whole believing God thing, this whole living with the Lord thing. So, uh, do you find Hebrews chapter 11? It's toward the first, you know, it's toward the end of three quarters of the way through the New Testament. All right, Hebrews chapter 11. So this whole chapter is a chapter of commendation. It is the Lord coming along and and talk, telling us, laying out um, a whole series of people from the Old Testament that lived by faith. And so he's commending them for their faith. And in fact, um, one of the, let me see, I'm going to go back to verse two. We're going to, we're headed for verse 13 again, but let me go back here. Um, 
chapter 11, verses 1 and 2 from the NIV, it says this really well. It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And then verse 2 says, this is what the ancients were commended for. Okay, so this is, this is a, a chapter where the Lord's coming along and he's commending people for their faith. And in that way, he's giving us an example, many examples of what faith looks like and what it does in our life. And so we come down to chapter 13 or verse 13 here. And from the New International Version, it says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised, but they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted, they realized that they were aliens and strangers on earth. We're going to talk about that this morning. But last week, we, we dug into the first part of this verse, that these people were still living by faith when they died. And we talked about the fact that, again, they're being commended for that. Sometimes people read that verse, and, they, and, and especially because it says they didn't receive everything, uh, everything involved in the promises of God themselves. And that word receive means they didn't take hold of the fullness of it for themselves in their lives. But it says they saw... Their faith enabled them to see things that were, you know, not visible to the eye. They were able to see the promises of God. They were able to greet them and welcome them. And that all happened because of faith. And they're being commended for that. And our point last week was that sometimes we get thinking that unless we receive the full manifestation of something that God puts on our hearts in this life, that we're somehow blowing it, that we're, that we're not in a place of faith because we didn't get it all. And my contention is that we are actually supposed to be believing for things that, yes, will be manifested in our lives. We're praying for somebody to be healed. We want to see them healed. But we were not going to get deterred if that person is not healed because we're going to look at all that from an eternal and heavenly perspective. We're going to remember that, honestly, if that person is born again, they're going to live forever. And the devil doesn't get away with anything that he pulls on this earth. So we are going to continue to pull on things that we may never see. I think it's essential for every generation to pull on things. From, and when I say pull on things, I'm talking about believe God for his promises. Set faith out there. Pull on. Spend time with God to where he's showing you what, what is his picture of Gunnison, Colorado. What does he want to see here? What does he want to see for your family? What does he want to see for this church? What does he want to see for our nation? Spend time with him to where you are seeing those things. You are receiving them in the sense that you are welcoming them. You're making preparation for them in your own heart, in your own life. And that's all driven by faith. And if you never see that, a future generation may because you stood in faith in your generation. That's living for God. Okay, that just the, this, we get so, and I, and I say this every time we talk about this, I'm not, I don't want to in any way discourage you for believing for God's best now, for believing for that healing or that breakthrough or that freedom now. I mean, absolutely, we fight hard for that stuff here. We fight hard for that stuff in prayer. We fight hard to keep our faith in those places. I'm just saying, don't get so wrapped up in seeing a specific thing happen that then you get discouraged if it doesn't happen in your time frame because we're real bad about putting time frames on God or specific ways 
that it's supposed to happen. It's got to happen just like this because this is the way I want it to happen. He doesn't always do it that way. But he is good for his word and he is good for his promises. And so we talked through a lot of those ideas last week. And again, I believe that if we are going to live that kind of lifestyle that, you know, Jesus taught us to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If we are going to live that kind of lifestyle, believing God for his will as it is in heaven to be done on this earth, if we're going to be those people, we're going to have to deal with the fact that we, always, we don't always get all of that. We don't always get all that we want to get. We don't always see it. Doesn't mean it's not God's will. Doesn't mean it's not his best. Doesn't mean you were messed up. It just means you're living on planet earth and we're fighting a battle. Does that make sense? So, so just don't let any of that stuff deter you. And we gave you some good. We talked about we've got to learn not to interpret God's will through our circumstances. It's just a bad way to figure out what God's will is because it's happened then it must be God's will. And that probably says something about who God is to you. That's not how we figure out who God, who God is and what his will is. We do that through the word. We do that through looking at Jesus Christ because he's the perfect image of the divine nature. He is the exact representation of the Father. He is, we say, perfect theology. If what you believe about God and his actions doesn't line up with the scripture and what we see in Jesus Christ, then, then you're wrong. You're, you're in error, okay? People love to hear that. Well, then you're just wrong. Don't, you know, I'm wrong plenty, so uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. But we talked about any earthly battle that we don't win or we don't feel like we've won. We look at that through the eyes of Christ's eternal victory. We're just not going to be deterred. We don't allow what we don't understand. Why did this happen? Or why didn't this happen? What we, we don't allow what we don't understand yet to rob us of what God has shown us through himself and through his word. You just don't let go of that stuff. When you see who God is in his word and in Jesus Christ, you hang on to that. I don't care what we see around us. It's not always, many, many times, it's not representative of who God is. So we talked about a lot of things. I actually need to um, move along here because Boyd went long. No, that's, that's honestly, they always make, you know, they get so nervous and it's like, no, it's, if it's by the spirit of God, then go for it. It's great. Um, all right. So let's, let's go on into this verse. Let's try and at least get through a little bit more of this today. So it says, these people all died controlled and sustained by their faith. All right. These people all died controlled and sustained by their faith. So uh, what is this verse? What verse is this that we're looking at? 13. Oh, yeah, I knew that. I've, I was just testing you. All right. So again, this is a commendation from God. This is not a rebuke. You know, it's not that, oh, they didn't, they didn't receive. They didn't take hold. They didn't take full hold, these jerks. That's not what God's saying. He's saying, wow, they died. They went, what does that mean? All the way through their life to the very end, they were controlled and sustained by faith. Controlled and sustained by faith. Paul says uh, over in 2 Timothy chapter 4, so this is at the very end of his life and he's, he's in prison, he's about to be um, killed, he's about to be executed, and he's writing to Timothy and encouraging Timothy in 2 Timothy 
Paul puts it this way, and this is verses 6 and 7. It's from the New Living Translation. He says, As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. He's saying, okay, I've lived my life as an offering to God. Wouldn't it be awesome? And don't we all want to, if we, if we know we're, you know, it takes some of us by surprise, but if we know we're about to die, go on to be with the Lord. Wouldn't it be awesome to be able to say, you know what? I can look at my life. It was poured out as an offering to God. I live for God all the way through. And to say, he's not bragging. He's just saying it with confidence. I love that. I love that. That's, that's where I want to be at that point. My life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. And then he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And here's what he says. I have remained faithful. Okay, so he says, I've fought the good fight. That doesn't mean he won every battle. It means what's the fight? What is the good fight? It is the fight to remain in a place of trusting God and moving forward and growing in him. And, and this is something, I mean, Karen and I talk about this and pray about this all the time, that someday when we get older uh, in, in life, you know, we want to keep for our whole life knowing God better. We want to see, there's always more to see in him and know of him. And, and we want to keep being reminded of the things that we've already, he's already shown us. And we just want to keep that. We don't, we don't want to get old and grouchy and, and um, bored and, you know, all of that. We want to just keep pressing forward to God. It's just a, it's a goal. And I think it's, it's a fight. It's a good fight. And that's what he's talking about. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. That's an awesome, I've finished the race of my life. I made it all the way through. I didn't stop. I didn't quit. I didn't, and look at the stuff Paul went through. I mean, he was in jail multiple times, standing around in sewage in a Roman prison. I mean, you know, he finished the race. But the whole thing was, what does that mean, Paul? I have remained faithful. I have remained faithful. It, it, I don't think he knew at the time that he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. I don't think he knew necessarily that we would still be reading his words that were inspired by the Holy Spirit and drawing on him and, and learning great doctrine from him and all of that. That's not what he's not. He's not pointing to his awards on the shelf. He's just saying, I remained faithful. What does that mean? Faithful, that's somebody you can trust. What he's saying is through my whole life, God could trust me to do what he told me to do. I mean, it sounds simple, right? And, and it is. The Lord didn't leave us with something to do that, you know, was, was so hard that we were supposed to do in our own ability. All he asks is that we stay faithful. And we can do that. We can stay faithful. We can refuse things that would pull us out of faithfulness. So, again, this scripture is, it's not a failure. It's not a faith failure. It's a faith victory. He's saying, these people made it all the way through their life, and they stayed, they remained, they lived their whole life controlled and sustained by faith. So what does that mean? It means when you're controlled by faith, this word controlled, it means something that is regulated in order to bring about a deliberate or predetermined outcome. Okay, it's, it's regulated. It's not just whatever. It's regulated. All right. Faith puts regulation, not bondage, but it gives direction. It gives boundaries. It gives purpose. It sets priorities. 
trust in God and being faithful to God and just being who God's calling you to be and, and in your life, that sets boundaries. It, it, it helps you to make choices about how you live your life. And like Boyd just got done saying to us, I mean, the world's going to try and do that. They're going to try and put all their agenda and priorities and everything into your life. But we need to get those through our faith in Jesus Christ. That's, that's how our lives are controlled. It's not, it's not a bad thing. American believers, uh, having some boundaries and some regulation in our life is not a bad thing. There's, that's where all the freedom is, actually. Uh, so, so this word means to be regulated in order to bring about a deliberate or predetermined outcome. I want to make it all the way to the end of my life, being faithful in the Lord. I want to be the person he's called me to be. I want to, have, I want to exercise the influence that he's called me to have and, and empowers me to have in life. And for every one of you, it looks a little different. That's the beauty of this whole thing. He sends us out into this world to release his life and to be his hands and his feet. And so controlled also means to be directed by thoughtful choices rather than runaway emotions. This one, this part of this, really, this part of this definition really hit me uh, this week when I was thinking about it because, again, been in some discussions with some folks online and there's such a push in our nation, in our culture right now, both in and out of the church. Uh, there's sort of this wave coming about that uh, uh, some of these folks, they're believers, they know the Lord, but they feel like if, if something touches my emotions, but doesn't line up with the word necessarily, but it touches my emotions. It makes me feel good. It makes other people feel good about me. That's God. That's where God is. If I feel it, then that's where God is. And certainly as we get to know God, he touches our emotions. No question about it. Your emotions aren't bad things. They're just not supposed to direct your life. So, so when truth, what the Lord, who the Lord is and what he has said, when truth comes up against emotion, we need to pick truth and let emotions follow what truth says. And, and so the, the debate going on there in some circles in Christianity is about what is the true manifestation of a Christian life. And, and so some of these folks, it's all about um, making people feel good about themselves. And that's not inherently a bad thing, but it needs to be coupled with truth. Jesus is the perfect combination of mercy and compassion and that kind of thing and truth. And so in some of these discussions, it comes down to, um, well, I, I don't want to spend too much time there. I don't have that time today. But, it, but this is the idea that we're not, there's a thing in our society right now that we, we need Forget the facts, here's how I feel. Okay, forget the facts, forget history. I'll, I'll just give you an example. So I was in a discussion with this guy and uh, we were talking about um, the abortion issue and he started throwing just, you know, some of the talking points that come up all the time. And, and he was saying Christians, or, or he was saying Christians and, and, uh, and pro-life people in general they don't care about anybody after they're born. You're just pro-birth. Have you heard that? I mean, it's just a common talking point about that. You're just pro-birth. You don't care after that. You don't care about the poor. You don't care about the sick. You don't care about... 
well, he's throwing this out. And so I just went back and said, well, David, um, what about all the Christian orphanages and hospitals and universities and uh, pregnancy centers and um, homeless shelters and all this stuff. I mean, and I said, that's as ridiculous as me saying that somebody who doesn't know Christ doesn't care about anybody. Of course they do. Many people do. And they give money to it and they do good things. I would never say that. That no, oh, unbelievers, they don't, they don't, you know. And, and so I just started laying out facts. And I can't remember what his response was, but it basically went back to emotion, you know. And it's like, but here are the facts. This is history. You know this. He's, this is not a little kid. He knows this. He's been involved with some of these things. You know, so my point is that if we're going to live by faith and we're going to be controlled by faith, we're, we can't let ourselves just be governed by runaway emotion. It, it won't get you where you need to be. Let your emotions follow truth and follow who the Lord is. Does that make sense to you? Okay, so when you're controlled by faith, and it says these people went their whole life controlled and sustained by faith, right? So when you're controlled by faith, everyday decisions are based and based on, and I would say even birthed out of, what you are experiencing of the Lord in his word and in his presence. What you know about him, what you see that he is wanting to do, through your life and around you, when again, when we look at him and we see what his will is, what, what is heaven like, what is Jesus like, what, those are all evidences of what his will is. And, and we, we see that, then we actually make everyday decisions and set everyday priorities from that rather than, and this is something I want to get into in the next, uh, sometime <laughs> in the next month, uh, the next thing I want to talk to you about is we don't want to just live reactively, just always reacting to what the world's doing or reacting to what somebody else is doing in our life. We want to live from the, from the inside. That's why, by the way, that, that Jesus can tell us to love those who, are, who wrong us and who are enemies to us. If, he says, if you only love those who love you, Okay, this is getting about seven weeks ahead of myself right here. If you only love those who love you, okay, you are just responding, you're reciprocating a love that came from the outside from somebody else. But he said, if you love those who don't love you, then you're, you're displaying God in that. Why? Because I'm, I'm showing that I'm living and I'm loving from a source that's on the inside, regardless of what's going on on the outside. That's living by faith. That's allowing faith to control, to regulate, to direct my steps and my actions. See, so, so when we're controlled by faith, it means we're making everyday decisions based upon what we believe, what his purposes are, what his role is, what's he doing in this generation. And that's why I, I say again, we've got to spend enough time with him to find out, God, how do you, what do you want our school system to look like? What do you want our kids to be getting? What do you want? And then we don't just turn that around and fight people that disagree with us. We start proclaiming that in prayer. We start declaring that. We start releasing that. We start living it, of course, but we also, we start to apply that stuff. We start to 
put it out there. You know, again, I, I read uh, to you a couple of weeks ago from Psalm 73, and I don't remember where the exact verses are, but I read you that passage where it talks about that I saw all this stuff in the world. I saw this, and I saw that, and I saw this going on, and people were like this, and it really got on me, and I just started to despair of even having believed God and trusted him. The psalmist says, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. But then he comes down, and he says, then I, I got with the Lord. And I realized if I allowed that to become my conversation, if I started to speak that stuff, just reflecting back the negativity that's out there in the world, reflecting back the evil that's out there in the world, if I started to speak that, it says I would have betrayed your God's people in this generation. We aren't supposed to be just of the same spirit as the world and just using their... um, methods and and picking up their anger toward us and reflecting it back. That's not who we are. We're supposed to be looking at him and then pouring out what he has shown us. Does that make sense to you? That's being controlled by your faith. And it says these people all died controlled by their faith. They made it to the last day of their life being controlled by their faith. I, I just think it's awesome. We choose where we live and what we do and all that kinds of things. Who we're influenced by. Boy, just said that this morning based on God's leading and God's purpose for our life. Not just, you don't pick where you live on just economic, for economic reasons, for social reasons, for because you like the recreation that's there. It's a, that is a poor, um, it's a very low way to live your life. Instead, we need to be focused on the Lord, letting him plant us where he wants, letting him move us where he wants, staying where he wants, all those, all those types of things. Okay, so it says they were controlled and they were sustained by their faith. So we just have a few minutes left here. Let me just try to get through this with you. Sustained, that word means to be upheld. So all their life to the last day, they were upheld. They didn't fall. They didn't spend their life in depression. And and remember who these people are. These are the people that, you know, were thrown into the lion's den and the fiery furnace and the, you know, wasn't like, oh, because their lives were so easy. No, it wasn't, wasn't quite that way. They were upheld their whole life. Why? Because of their trust in God. Their trust in God it came from the inside. The word sustain means to be strengthened. All right. They were strengthened their whole life. We get down, we feel weak. Where do you go? You go to the Lord, you go to the word, you go to your friends that will pray for you and that will speak the truth to you. All right. The word sustain means given the ability to both endure and persevere. You know, the difference between those two endurance means we're standing and we're not moved. Perseverance means we're pushing forward and we're not deterred. Okay. They were sustained. They, ha- they were given the ability by the spirit of God to both endure and persevere, okay? means to strengthen and support something for a long period of time to sustain it all the way through our life. We just, and so how do we maintain faith? Remember, it's not, we don't just try to squeeze it out, right? We, we, it comes by spending time with the Lord. It comes by hearing him speak to us. It comes by interaction and intimacy with him. That's how faith grows and is uh, built in our hearts, okay? So when life is hard, take extra time and really plug into the word and to his presence, be in his presence, 
be in those places. There's no way you can spend time in the presence of God without being changed and without being encouraged. So when times are hard, do that. When times are easy, do that. Because a hard time's coming up the road. So when times are easy or when you have some downtime or when you break your foot and you can't do as much stuff as you want to do, spend that time. Take a lot of that extra time and put more in. Put more in. Come out of that situation stronger. All right? So what we've got to remember, and, and remember we just read this about Paul. He said, I got to the end of my life. I've, I've, I ran my race. All right, I finished my race. And he said, I remained faithful. And so I just want to make this statement to you. When we think about rewards in heaven, all right, those rewards that we are going to receive are not based on whether we got some breakthrough or not. Not that that's not important. You hear what I'm saying? Not that that's not important and we don't fight for that, but that's not what you're going to get rewarded for. You're going to get rewarded on faithfulness. That's what the Lord is looking for. Bottom line, he's looking for stewards, people who he can trust to manage his stuff, who can who can manage material stuff that in a way that honors him. And then when you can do that, then he starts to let you have influence in something really precious in people's lives. And we have to do that with faithfulness. And and this was Jesus' answer to all those questions about when's the kingdom coming? Where, you know, where are you going to be? When are we all going to have our little thrones? When is when's the end coming? When's that happening? He said a lot of things about that, but he brought it down to this idea. Be doing what I told you to do. When I come back, you're not going to know when it is, okay? So if you think you do, you're wrong. Uh how many times have I told you that today? That's, yeah, I know you love that. Um, you're not going to know when it is. He said, the key is be found doing what I left you to do. That's all he's looking for. That's faithfulness. And if you exercise that faithfulness and you stay in that place and just stay plugged into him, it'll, the rest will take care of itself. You'll have good times, bad times, and ups and downs, and you'll win some great victories, and we will all celebrate them together. And sometimes we won't get everything we wanted, and we'll all be bugged about it, but we won't let go, and we won't be deterred, okay? He, um, there really should be sort of a tension in our lives your dog knows exactly when it's 11 o'clock. <laughs> he should be done. He's two minutes over, almost three. Um, there should be a tension in our lives between fighting hard for every victory. That is where we want to be. But never becoming discouraged if we don't see it. Because you are pulling on something for somebody. For If we all give up, then man, God's going to have to wait another generation or two and pick this up again. He's not going to quit. He's not going to change. His agenda's not going to change. But I don't know about you. I want to be used. I'm here. I might as well be used, right? I mean, what what else are you going to... I just, there's nothing else really worth living for, okay? So your faithfulness, and again, it just means be trustworthy. Be somebody that when the Lord puts something on your heart, you'll do it. You'll say it. You'll believe it. You'll accept it. You'll dig in. You'll get to know him. 
That's that's really what he's looking for. And all the rewards in heaven and all the, everything, that's what he's looking for. That's what these guys were commended for. Does that make sense to you? So we got through another part of a verse this morning. Awesome. That's okay. Job security. We have more next week. Okay. All right. Let's, let's pray together. You can stand up. Oh, I've got this. That's right. Getting down off here is kind of interesting, but I can do it. I did it three times this morning. I love this thing. I mean, I'll be glad to see it go, but compared to those, I love it. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you this morning. All of us, Father, we love you so much. We thank you for everything you've put into us. And Holy Spirit, come and just remind us and remind us and remind us of the things that you said to us as individuals today, whether in our time of worship, our interaction with one another, our time at your table, Lord, or this time of teaching, wherever it is, Lord, I know you spoke some things to us and we choose to treasure those things that you have spoken and to keep them in our hearts. And we're asking you to elaborate on them and show us and lead us and guide us just the way you said, Jesus, into the whole fullness of truth. And so we thank you for that today. We go out of this house knowing we are equipped to go into our lives this week. You have equipped us for things we will face and for things you are calling us to do and and things you want us to help other people with. We believe we have been equipped by your presence and your word today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to be dismissed. Uh, We're going to, on the count of three, we're going to say Jesus is Lord. We're going to declare, the current hip word is decree, uh, that... Uh, Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin in the world. Then if you need prayer, some of us will be up here to pray for you this morning. And otherwise, there's some great snacks out there. So make some friends. Okay, let people know you love them. Let's say it on the count of three. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.